And then you've got the lifetime ISA. But of the lifetime ISA, you have to be between the ages of 18 and 39 and you deposit money up to £4,000 per tax year. We talked about it years before. And the government tops you up with a 25% bonus. Now that money can be used Hello and welcome to another episode of Woke Finance, the podcast talking about all things finance related and related to finance. It's your boy Peter and I'm with my co-host Jax. Jax, how are you bro? I am great bro. I am very, very good. Merry Christmas to all our listeners and a happy new year. Come on, come on, man. A big Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. It's obviously been a mad, crazy year. So we really do mean that from our heart, man. Big one. Uh, Merry Christmas to our listeners and to everyone always supporting and tuning in. Today, we've got one of our bite-sized special episodes. We're going to get straight into it and give it to them. This is based on one of our followers on Instagram um, who kindly reached out and wanted to do um, us to talk a bit more about ISAs, what are they, um, and the benefits of them, etc. So um, shout out to those people reaching out to us with uh, questions. So we're going to get straight into this and have a discussion around that. So Jax, sure. um, I've said what's happened. Obviously, someone reached out to us. Um, they were talking a bit more about they've studied um, about ISAs, but they just want to know a bit more about how they can best make use of it. So first of all, what does an ISA actually, where is it short for? What does it stand for? What is an ISA? Let's get straight into it, Jackson. Yeah, sure, man. So an ISA, um, I-S-A, stands for an individual savings account. Um, it is a very, very tax efficient um, wrapper type of account. And there are various different types, but essentially that's all it is. It is a type of savings account that you can use either to save up for something or to even invest for something. So, yeah, that's that's what they stand for. Nice one. You said it's a tax efficient um, wrapper. Uh, why is this important for your everyday, well, your everyday individual? Well, yeah. Well, if we can find ways to reduce tax, that's one of the best ways you're going to build wealth over time, right? So, you know, last one of our episodes with um, Stella, we spoke about tax evasion versus tax avoidance and how you can, you know, make very well, better financial decisions when it comes to tax. And an ISA was one of those things we spoke about. ISAs are one of the best tax efficient accounts because they are flexible, right? They're very flexible as well. And mm. historically, you know, there the, 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 we have allowances. Let me, let me put that first. We all have allowances as to how much we can put into an ISA account. And anything that we get from this ISA account, whether it's interest, whether it's capital appreciation, whether it's dividends, these things are all tax-free, right? As long as it's bought within the tax-efficient wrapper of an ISA. And mm. so, yeah, there are different types. The one that's the most popular initially was the cash ISA, right? Mm which is basically just another savings account, which you earn interest. But again, the interest that you earn is not taxed at all. Oh, fantastic. And uh, on that, uh, Jack, so it'll be good to understand a bit more about, um, first of all, why was um, ISA's bought? Was it from the government? And how do you think it's helped people over the years? Um, and then also talk, we can, it'll be good to go into a bit more about the different types of um, ISAs that people can have. Yeah, sure. So it is um, bought by the government. And, you know, one thing that really excites me is ISAs have been around for a very long time and the allowances were, well, relatively small initially mm. um, from about £5,000 to £11,500 or something like that. And in recent times, um, over the past few years, the ISA allowance has actually been increased to £20,000, 
right? That means you can put money into an ISA or a combination of ISAs that equate up to £20,000 and anything you do within these accounts is tax-free. It's an amazing, amazing um, product that the government have put in place, which I think if you can, you should fully take advantage of them. And and absolutely, I think just the, the growth that you've mentioned from back in the days from five pounds, but now 20,000 pounds. And before um, you said a combination of vices, so that's obviously different types of vices. But before we actually get into that, um, it would be good to understand more about the uh, allowance and um, any rules around that, the period which people need to pay that in um, and things. And yeah, just things where people might uh, slip up on as well when it comes to um, any form of vices or putting money into an ISA. Absolutely. So um, we start off knowing about tax years, right? So we all have tax years, accounting periods, which starts from April the 6th and ends the following year, April the 5th. Okay. And it starts again on April the 6th. So the tax allowance has to be used up or it's lost by the tax period. Okay. So if you don't use it up, you're just going to lose your allowance. And then the allowance starts again, on April the 6th, the following year. Mm. Um, you can have multiple different ISAs and I'll talk about the different ISAs you can have. Um, one of the very, very important pieces of information that I must let everybody know, all our listeners know, is even though you can have multiple ISAs, you can't have the same type of ISA with different platforms in the same tax year. Mm. I'm gonna repeat that again. You can't have the same type of ISA, for example, a stocks and shares ISA, with different platforms and contribute to both of them within the same tax year. That is a mm. very, very piece, uh, important piece of information that everybody should um, take note of. Absolutely. And I think you definitely nailed at home. And I, when I ask, are there some uh, common mistakes people make? I guess that's one of them, right? That is probably the most common mistake that I have seen, where mm. people will open up a stocks and shares ISA with, let's say, for example, a platform like Hargreaves Lansdowne, and then they will go and open up a stocks and shares ISA with a platform like Moneybox and mm. they'll try and contribute money to both. Mm. You're not allowed to do that, unfortunately. Now, I, I don't think that's the best rule, but it's just a rule that exists. Um, you can't do that. It, it will allow you to do it, right? The mm. platforms can sometimes allow you to do it, but then you can expect a letter from HMRC pretty soon. Uh, yeah, and then that's when, you know, things might happen from there as well. Um, okay, absolutely. That's uh, so uh, crucial that you mentioned. And one thing also, you mentioned stocks and shares ISAs, and again, we're probably going to end uh, end on like looking at the different types of um, ISAs as well, but around stocks and shares ISAs, so let's say um, last tax, yeah, you had, I don't know, um, you got what, up to 20K, did you say? Let's say you got 10 k um that you put into last year's um money um it's now the new year what can you do with that well that, that 10k remains in the stocks and shares isa mm. um and you can then obviously have a new allowance of twenty thousand pounds which can you can use as a stocks and shares isa or across multiple types of isas mm. um but that isa carries on it, it remains um so if you add another twenty thousand pounds by the end of the new tax year you will have thirty thousand pounds um, within an ISA account. Now, mm. I mentioned a red flag and I said, you know, you can't have multiple ISAs across um, different platforms in the same tax year. Mm. What I should mention though, is if you decide that you want to use a different platform or a different broker for a, a different type of ISA or just a different account altogether, you can do so in different tax years. Mm. So based on your example, if you've put 10,000 pounds into, again, using examples of Hargreaves Lansdowne, and then on April the 6th, you decide, you know what? I want to use a different platform or a different broker 
to to invest or, or to save, you are allowed to do so mm. as long as it's within a different texture. What you must remember, though, key ingredient here is you can only contribute new money to one within a texture. And, and I think that, that key word that you said, new money. So on using that example, let's say we've gone to the new tax year and you've opened um, a Stocks and Shares ISA account with a new platform, whether it's Moneybots, Trading212, whatever, but you still got that 10K from the previous year in Hargreaves Lansdowne, for example. In that um, actual account, um, you might have um, cash there, you might have some stocks there um, to making up that 10K. You can still, um, is it right to say you can still trade, but you can, when I say trade, you might sell off some of those stocks in that account because yeah. it's appreciated, et cetera. Or you might, if you've got spare cash in that 10K, you can still use that te- uh, cash to do some buying, but you cannot add extra money onto that 10K basically. Absolutely correct, Peter. And that's actually what I've done, funny mm. enough. So, yes. Um, Likewise, yeah. yeah. So, if you've managed to it's contribute... good to know that I've done the right thing. But <laughs> <laughs> so, if you, if you manage to contribute money into, let's say, Hargreaves Lansdowne within a tax year and you decide not to even buy any stocks, but you've kept it as cash, yeah. whatever is in that platform, you can do whatever you want with it as long as the money was already contributed before the new tax year. Mm. Because the new tax year would have opened an account with a different platform. And any new deposits, keywords, deposits are new money. Any new deposits or new money can only go to one of those accounts, which mm. you decide to use as your, your um, stocks and shares for that tax year. Yeah. And let's say you wanted to, um, again, looking at that old uh, stocks and shares, I saw that 10K, for example, let's say you wanted to withdraw it now because maybe you want to add it onto another account or etc. You can expect to do that without any hassle because it will be tax free, right? Well, yeah. And yeah. Very, that's an amazing question, actually. So yeah. if you decide that you want to take your money out of any stocks and shares, so you have the ability to do so. It's flexible. You can do this anytime you want. And that's what makes the stocks and shares um, or, or, or ISA accounts very, very um, popular because they are tax efficient, but they don't come with the, you know, the barriers like uh, pensions, which, you know, you can't touch that money onto your of, of a certain age. Mm. What I would say, um, and I'm just, just to add a bit more of a golden nugget, is if you decide that you want to withdraw the money with, from your um, Hargreaves Lansdowne account, for example, sake, and then you want to use that money to deposit it again into your trading 212 account, that could be a mistake, right? Mm. Um, and I've actually seen that happen with a lot of people because they think, well, the money is in my Hargreaves Lansdowne account. Why don't I just cash it out and then transfer it into my trading 212 account? Because I now I want my trading 212 account to be my ISA. Mm. it's not the worst thing to do but where you've gone wrong is you've withdrawn money and the money you now put into trading to one two mm. is now a new deposit mm. right trading to one two will not recognize where the money is coming from mm. it's now seen as a new deposit so you're using up your allowance mm. what you should consider doing actually is what you call a transfer an isa transfer and yeah? that could be yeah go on yeah, yeah, an ISA transfer where you speak to um, the brokers, you yeah. let the brokers know that you know you want to transfer ISAs, and then you just transfer the ISA account across, and that doesn't count as a new deposit. It's just a transfer of ownership from one broker to another. And and that's obviously very important, especially if you plan on trying to use the whole allowance of twenty k for the next tax year, whatever. Yeah. Because you don't want to eat into it from that previous withdrawal and inputting. So making sure you speak to the investment broker to make the transfer. So it just transfers over to the new ISA. 
Precisely. It's, it's just a transfer of names, basically, it, rather than new money. Is there usually a charge for that or is it free? That's a good question. I'm not 100% sure. I think there, there could be a very small fee, um, but it won't be anything substantial. Yeah, so obviously one to check with whatever um, provider people are with, essentially. And, and, and I also th- would say that it would depend on the providers as well. When yeah. you've got traditional investment brokers like Hargreaves Lansdowne or um, Interactive uh, Investors, I think it's easier to do transfers across those traditional platforms. Mm-hmm. With these newer um, non-commissioned trading apps, like Free Trade on Trading 212, mm-hmm. I am personally not sure how easy that's done. I think yeah. it would be so much more difficult to do. And I think that could be the case for robot advisors as well. Yeah. Okay, cool. Awesome. Really, really, really good um, to hear that. And hopefully our, our listeners are taking notes on that as well. Because I've definitely been... Nuggets there. This is stuff I'm telling you, <laughs> tell you guys. I charge for stuff like this. <laughs> those, those questions we might be uh, afraid to ask. So yeah, fantastic for sharing that. Um, yeah, Jax, you mentioned before you were talking about, I guess, uh, transfers of ISAs or ISO transfer whether this is from uh, one platform to another or even within the same investment platform. So for example, transferring a, your old stocks and shares ISA, when I say old, I mean from a previous uh, tax year into your current uh, LISA, for example. Um, what actually happens? Let's say you've, in your stocks and shares ISA, you've got, um, I don't know, two grand in shares of uh, Amazon, for example. So that's two grand then an old stocks and shares um, ISA, and you want to transfer that to your current um, LISA within this tax year. What actually happens when you actually click that? Does it do the sales? Um, do you have to uh, sell the shares and then you get cash and then you transfer that cash over? Or does it does it do itself? Does the investment platform um, sell the shares uh, take the money and cash into the LISA and then rebuy the, those Amazon shares at today's prices. So it might be cheap or even expensive. So yeah, what actually happens in all of that, Jax? That's that's a, that's a brilliant question. Um, and it's it's easy and difficult to answer. So when I say it's easy to answer, I'll give you the easy answer and then I'll give you the more complicated answer. Cool, the easy answer is, <laughs> so the easy answer is, if you've got a stocks and shares ISA, for example, so that's a specific type of ISA, and you want to change provider or broker, let's, let's use that. So let's say you want to move away from interactive investors to, let's say, Hargreaves Lansdowne. What you would do is you fill out some forms, right? Mm-hmm. And then it will be a stock transfer form. That's what it would be called, or ISA, mm-hmm. ISA transfer form. And essentially what happens is, it's quite simple. All that really happens is a change of broker. It's just a, a name change. Mm-hmm. How it happens operationally, you've got to remember that shares um, are you know kept in a certain place. They're registered with certain um, depositories and that kind of stuff. All that stuff is done by the company. You don't need to worry too much about how it all works operationally. All you know is that once your transfer is done, um, at time time T, you used to be with, with uh, interactive investors, and now you're with Hogwarts Lansdowne, and now you see all your assets transferred across. That's the very, very simple and very easy answer. Mm. However, if you are someone who's moving from one broker to another, there's other things to consider. If you've invested in individual shares, for example, right? It could be a case that, that some of the shares that you own with your existing provider might not be um, available by your new provider. Mm. So in that case, their shares actually will get sold and obviously then will be a cash transfer, mm. right? You don't need to do any you know, withdrawals yourself. It will just be a transfer of cash rather than transfers of, of stocks. Um, and that will be done again by, your, by the, the company, um, the brokers, and they will deal with it themselves. 
Um, so yeah, that's that's essentially how it works. Very simple. Um, you know, it's it really just comes down to um what you own and hoping that the new provider can at least accept some of those um some of those um some 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 of those assets. It's 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 done operationally, and the company has a um the brokers will have a transitions team that do these things for you anyway. Mm, fantastic, awesome. So I guess uh, Jats, I guess uh, an important thing um to to ask, I guess is you know what are the different types of ISAs and if you can touch as you describe them, um I guess um any benefits um, and even you know some cons to uh, any of them if there are any. But yeah, it'll be good to talk a bit more about the different types of ISAs. Yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. So we've already made a, an example of the stocks and shares ISO, which on a personal level is my favorite type of ISO account mm. because obviously I love to invest in stocks and shares mm. and other financial products. Um, there are other financial um, ISO products, for example, the cash ISO, which I mentioned earlier. This is probably the best way. The best way to look at this is basically another savings account mm. where you earn interest and then the interest obviously is not taxed. Um, so that's 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 another one, the cash ISA. You've also got the help to buy ISA, which actually no longer exists in a sense that you can't open a new um, help to buy ISA because it ended on November the 24th, 2019, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and essentially, this is an actually another form of cash ISA. It's a cash ISA, yeah. but uh, it comes with an additional benefit that in a sense that um, it can be used as, you know, something you can use to buy a first house, not as a deposit. That's, that's, let me make that clear. Mm. A lot of people don't know this. The help to buy ISA and the bonus it comes with is not for your deposit. It's for when you complete the actual process of buying the house, then you can use it for other things like solicitors fees and that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's the help to buy ISA. It's a, it's a nice um, product if you have it already in the sense that obviously you can use it as part of, um, um, to, to benefit from paying for fees when it comes to completion. Mm. Um, obviously, you get a bonus as well, okay? Mm. And then you've got the Lifetime ISA. The Lifetime ISA, in my opinion, is, is a better financial product dependent mm. on circumstances. Um, but of course, with both all these ISA accounts, guys, um, even though we've mentioned it here, make sure you do your own due diligence, make sure you understand all the pros and cons and all the um, variables that come with these accounts. But of the Lifetime ISA, you have to be between the ages of 18 and 39 and you deposit money up to £4,000 per tax year. We talked about it years before. And the government tops you up with a 25% bonus. Now that money can be used either, it can be kept as cash on your account, it can earn interest, or you can even use it to invest in stocks and shares, okay? Now that money, um, when it gets to a certain stage, can be used as part of your deposit for your first home, as long as you fit the right criteria, for example, the home has to be uh, below a certain threshold. I think it's 450K. I'm not sure mm-hmm. about that, PR. Maybe you could double check. Yeah, um, yeah and, and it's a brilliant product. It also comes with an alternative. You can use it as an alternative to a standard pension, right? Because you can use that account to invest in stocks and shares and mutual funds and other financial products. And at the age of 60, you can take everything out of this account tax-free which is very beneficial compared to a standard pension, which comes with other caveats. For example, you can't touch the money until your age. I think 57 um, for our age group, 
um, I'm 55 if, if you're a bit older. Mm. So yes, guys, it, it's it's. I mean, the Lifetime Ice I think is a phenomenal product. I own one. Peter, I think you own one as well. Is that right? Uh, absolutely. And just yeah. confirm. Yep, yeah, you're right. It's towards the home, um, uh, costing 450 or less. Um, yeah. and yeah, you definitely highlighted the difference between that and, of course, the help to buy ISA with the Lifetime ISA. You can actually use that towards the deposit, um, which is uh, great. Um, as well. Um, and just to clarify, so you said the help to buy ISA, of course, uh, that's no longer around, but many people would have got it when it was on offer a few years ago. It finished back in 2019. But for those that still have it, it's good for them to to, to know that. Um, and I'm sure they uh, do. But also to know that it's actually classed as a type of cash ISA yeah. as well. Because I think yeah. this, this becomes important when you're doing a combinations of things to make up your 20 grand uh, uh, ISA allowance. Yeah, and actually, Peter, very interesting. A lot of my personal clients and my mentees um, that actually opened up a help to buy ISA and so many people went to open up a help to buy ISA on a deadline day because they were scared. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Scared. Um, but we, we, well, there was I, a lot of news in that day in that we yeah. I remember it. A lot of news saying, make sure even if you <laughs> just have one pound, uh, open up your account. So everyone yeah. did uh, run and do that. Yeah. It's so funny because I wrote a blog on it and that's that's a blog that got the most views because I wrote okay. it on that day. It's very interesting. Um, but yes, you know, if you have the help to buy ISA and you come across the lifetime ISA and you recognize that the lifetime ISA is a better financial product than the help to buy ISA, what you should know is you can't have both. Well, you mm. can have both, but you can't use both mm. towards the house. Okay. So if you find that lifetime ISA works better for your objectives, what I could say is you can actually transfer mm. from the help to buy ISA into a lifetime ISA mm. and continue using that as part of your deposit, which I think is a phenomenal thing to do. I think it's a great thing to do. That's something I would have done if I had opened up help to ISA. Mm. And just random, which I don't know if anyone would want to do, but can you actually do the transfer the other way around? Hmm. I don't think so. Okay. I don't actually, yeah. I'm not 100% sure if... Yeah. The answer is definitely no, but I, yeah. I don't think so because the help to buy asset doesn't exist anymore. Sorry, the, the help to buy asset, yeah, it's not a yeah, new thing, yeah. it's not brand new, so I don't think you makes can. sense. Okay, cool, awesome. Um, that's really clear, actually. Um, and I guess you know, um, from your side of things, you of course spoke spoke about the stocks and shares asset, and I know you 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 obviously have your own um personal um youtube channel as well you talk things about like um investing in um an isa account for dividends and all that stuff and um playing it to your advantage it'd be good to hear a bit more about for you when you look at one of your strategies why having a stocks and shares ISA, all that even cash allowance has been quite beneficial for you and jacks in 2014 (laughs) 2000 in 2030. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I'm glad you, uh, you uh, yeah. <laughs> you way before 2040. So. <laughs> okay, all jokes aside. So yes, um, a big part of my strategy, and this is it's, it's getting a tiny bit technical, but it's very important. And this is golden nuggets for anyone listening. This is stuff that people charge for, even I charge for. But so mm. I'm going to give you some golden nuggets. Tax, it comes back to tax, Peter. Um, we spoke about the fact that having an ISA account allows your portfolio to grow um, tax-free, okay? Whether you're earning interest, whether you're getting capital appreciations, or whether you're earning things like dividends. Now, it, on my YouTube channel, I've got two 
um, portfolios that I'm growing, um, public portfolios. One is a growth portfolio and the other is a dividends portfolio. And I've actually chosen my dividends portfolio to be my ISA accounts because I can't have both, right? Mm. So the reason for that is because dividends are taxed and the dividend, everyone's got allowances, by the way. So we've got allowances for dividends. We've got allowances for capital appreciation mm. and we've got allowances for interest. Okay. Now, to cut a very long story short, the reason why I've chosen Trading 20 um, or why I've chosen my ISA account to be the dividends portfolio is because the dividend allowance is less than the capital appreciation allowance. Mm. Okay. And when I invest for dividends, I want to grow my portfolio to a substantial amount so that one day I can actually live off those dividends. Mm. And I don't want those dividends to be taxed. Mm. Right? So I might as well start now. Okay. Yeah. The dividend allowance, I believe this tax year is £2,000. Mm. Whereas the capital appreciation allowance is £12,500. Mm. So you can see the, the reason why I would choose um, the dividends portfolio to be the, you know, the, 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 the ISA account because the, the allowance will get used up more quickly. Mm. Um, but yes, I plan to consistently buy good companies that pay dividends, that have a good cash flow, and that are also growing. And in 10, 20, 30 years time or so, um, I plan to live off those dividends. And so why not start now so that one day I can actually live off cash flow? That's not taxed. <laughs> That's Love not taxed. It. Love it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And just for our listeners as well, who might just want a bit more information, it'd be good to, we don't usually do this, but it'd be good to plug in that particular video. Um, Jax, what's the name of that particular video? I know you, you've spoken about this in one or two, but it'd be good to maybe direct our listeners um, to have a listen on that particular video <laughs> around that strategy in particular. Um, <laughs> the truth is I can't remember. <laughs> you know what? Check out, check out uh, Jack's Financial TV. The, one of the latest, we're in... December 2020. Check out one of the latest videos around oh, there. Yes, yes yeah. actually, uh, yes, you're right. Um, so I've, I've done a re- very recent video on it. So that's probably what yep. you're speaking of. Yeah. So it's um, it's called my trading two one two dividends uh, kind of strategy for 2021. It's something yeah. like that. Fantastic. Um, yeah. The video where I talk about how I plan to invest for dividends in 2021. Absolutely. Fantastic. Also, so listeners do check that out when you can. Um, so, yeah, you've spoken about different types of vices and um, touched on some of the benefits. Um, what's your encouragement around com- combining the different types of uh of vices as well. Is there any point in making sure you have, I don't know, a cash ISA and things like that? But what's your, yeah, what's your thoughts around that? Yeah, Peter, it really depends on your personal circumstances. Mm-hmm. Um, really does and what you're trying to achieve and what your objectives are your time horizons your risk level all of that stuff that I consistently talk about mm-hmm. so for example someone like myself who is planning on buying a home um, in, in soon right mm-hmm. um, or within some um, period of time it's important for me to take advantage of the lifetime ISA okay mm. um, and also for someone who wants financial freedom and wants to invest in um, a portfolio that can pay me dividends and grow tax efficient I also want to take advantage of the stocks and shares ISA. Mm. So those are the two main ISA accounts that I, on a personal level, hold and will probably consistently build those portfolios over a long period of time. Because mm. even when I do buy a home, I probably want to use my lifetime ISA as an alternative or as an addition, sorry, to my pension account. Mm. Okay. Cash ISAs, I'm, on a personal level, I'm not a huge fan of right now because interest rates across the board are really, really low. And so I'm not a huge fan of just um, having a cash ISA. I think everyone should have cash as part of their overall personal finances, 
but I would rather save that in a standard savings account mm. um, and not use it as my allowance per, per, per se. Um, but that's, it comes down to individual circumstances and what people are looking to achieve. If you want a cash ISA, what I would say is, you know, just go on a comparison website and look for a cash ISA that's paying a pretty decent interest rate that suits what you're trying to achieve. Yeah. There are other ISA accounts, I've never mentioned of one, which is quite new. Um, it's called the IFISA or IFISA, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. It stands for the Innovative Finance ISA. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's for people that are interested in things like peer-to-peer lending mm. or basically innovative finance. Um, and I think that can make, um, or that can come to surface in, in future years um, when interest rates are back to um, a decent amount or, you know, it, it, it can break out. It can break mm. out. If people are interested in buying properties or joining joint ventures. I've seen websites that allow you to do that through innovative finance. So mm. yeah, it can be something that, you know, can be done in the future. I personally don't use it right now just yet. Mm. Uh, but yeah, that's that's how I manage my ISA accounts. It's mainly the stocks and shares ISA and the lifetime ISA. Fantastic. Listen, Jack, so it's a pleasure, man. That's been amazing. And before we close up, actually, what would you say to someone who's probably listened to this and they don't yet have any form of an ISA account? Get one. <laughs> what are you waiting for? <laughs> listen, listen, mathematically, right? Um, the earlier you start, the better. Mm. Right? Because you want to use the allowances up as soon as possible. Now, of course, 20,000 pounds is a lot of money to mm. use up in a, in a year. But if you can, if you can, even if you don't invest straight away, but if you could just use the allowance, you should. Why? Because if you don't use the allowance, it's gone. It's mm. gone. Right. Imagine someone who starts investing today and uses £20,000 and does it for 10 years, even if they don't do anything, even if their money doesn't grow. In uh, 10 years time, they will have £200,000 in an ISA account, mm. right, which they can invest and generate gains and none of that gain is taxed. Right. If someone in 10 years time had £200,000, but had never, ever opened an ISA account, mm the chances are they're going to use that money for something and the returns they're going to get has to be taxed. And if mm. they try to open up a stocks and shares, so they're limited they will have, you know, to whatever the tax level is at the time. Yeah, of course. Allowances yeah. At the time, which could be 20 grand still. And it's of still course. got 180 grand, which they can't use. So yeah. if you can, if you can try and use as much as you can, even if you don't use the full allowance or even if you don't invest straight away. Mm. And we're gonna one thing we didn't uh, touch on briefly is for the younger lot actually under sixteen. But for the other uh, ISAs we've mentioned, um, you would ideally need to be sixteen or eighteen. Do you know? Eighteen. Eighteen. Cool. 18. And let, let's talk about for those that are under eighteen um, that maybe their parents can open for them. Yeah. So the very obvious one is a junior ISA, mm. which I would encourage um, most parents to open up for their children. Um, again, you can deposit money into the junior ISA for your children, for each individual children is per, per child. And I think that allowance is nine grand from mm. the top of my head. Um, Peter, you can double check that. Yeah. And yeah, you know, um, it, it behaves the same way as a stocks and shares ISA. You can invest in certain products and all of these things grow tax-free. And when the child is at the age of 16, they then become the owners of, or yeah, they own and, and actually control the account. It's not in your control anymore. So I've, I've done, you know, one-to-one sessions with parents. And when they hear this, especially African parents, <laughs> when they hear this, what? they're like, what? what? What if my child decides to go and buy himself a nice car? <laughs> you don't hope your child is not grown up as an idiot. <laughs> 
Oh man, um, but yeah, you, you, you're right. Um, the allowances are nine grand um, as well. So um, yeah, man, I, I think that's pretty pretty much it on on ISIS. I don't know if you had anything else to add to that, but yeah, I, I mean, this is another. I'm, I'm spitting a lot of golden nuggets today. Um, if the if you are uncomfortable about your child controlling the ISA, <laughs> you can be very creative and choose to have. Um, or basically choose to put more money in your personal mm. stocks and shares ISA for your children. You just have to be more intentional to understand that a proportion of your personal ISA is for your children, especially mm. if you're married. Mm. If you're married, you have a £40,000 allowance. Remote, that's 20 k each. So if you want to do that, you can as well. It's a very yeah. intelligent way to do that. Cool. And then just uh, to clarify, when the child uh, can get access to that money from a junior ISIS, be when they turn 18. So, yeah, so they yeah, get cool. control from 16, Yeah. Um, but then they can't withdraw from that account. Uh, yeah, understood. Cool. Fantastic. Um, all right, then, man. I think we, we've, we've done that. We've done enough for the Backsize uh, podcast. So hopefully our listeners have got something and heard um, heard something of value. Please, 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 if you haven't done so, um, subscribe wherever you are. Um, hit like, comment, um, share with other people. Man. It's really important that you get to share what you're hearing with other people so that we can all grow together as a community exactly. as well, man. Exactly. So um, yeah, some, go of on, Jack. Mentioned, some of the stuff I've mentioned in this this bad size is stuff that people actually pay me for. So That's I'm giving it, yeah. free information. I think um, it's something that obviously I love doing anyway, but take advantage, share it with your friends. This are golden nuggets and it can really help your personal finance future. Absolutely, man. Thank you very much, Jax, man. As always, until the next time, and remember all to our listeners, stay woke.